So my name's Aaron, Aaron Corley. Uh, I'm a first year student in the seminary here, the New Covenant School of Theology, and uh, I'm not the head pastor. Uh, Doug Gooden is usually leading us uh, preaching. He's on vacation this morning, and he's giving me the reins to, to preach to you. Uh, so if it's good, um, great, and if it's not, you can just email Doug uh, about it. So if you haven't been with us the past few weeks, uh, Doug has been preaching a series in Philippians 4. Um, I'm going to continue that series. So if you have been here, you've been learning about uh, real life practical applications, uh, defeating anxiety, um, how to not dwell on uh, what the media would have you focus on, the, the headlines, um, but what's holy and righteous, dwelling on holy, righteous, Jesus-pleasing thoughts. So I'm going to continue uh, in that series in Philippians 4 uh, with a secret to contentment. So we're going to be in chapter 4, in verses 10 to 13. Please listen as I read. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul has learned a secret here. And the secret is not, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, meaning I can bench press 10,000 pounds through Christ who strengthens me, or I can become the richest man in the world through Christ who strengthens me. How many people have been at the top of Pikes Peak? A good bit of you, I assume. Yep. It's really, really high. It's 14,000 feet high, right? Uh, and while you're up there, have you been to the cliff side? You know, there's a, you can go to the visitor center and then you go up to the cliff and you walk up. Maybe you don't, I do. And you just look down and you get kind of shaky. I'm pretty scared of heights, so I get pretty shaky. Uh, but if you take this verse, verse 13, and say, through Christ who strengthens me, I'm going to run and jump off this edge, and I'm going to fly down to Colorado Springs. You're probably going to fall all the way down the mountain, and you're probably not going to survive. So this is not Paul's secret. This is not the heart of this verse. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on the verse 13, you know, through Christ who strengthens me. You, you probably all know it. Uh, you probably all know someone who has a tattoo of it, maybe. Uh, and next time you see them, you should probably tell them, you're, you're missing three verses, you know. There's more to this verse. This, this, this needs context, right? Um, and this church knows that. We have, to, we have to see context. We can't just pluck a verse out. So what secret has Paul learned? He has learned a secret. Uh, we should want to know the secret. Because if we look, the secret has taught him how to be content no matter what circumstance he's in. And that's the heart of verse 13. Through Christ, Paul is able to be content, no matter how high or how low he's brought. Plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul knows the secret. Uh, in verse 10 to 11, Paul is thankful for the gift from the Philippians. You see that 
Um, but it's not what brings him joy. He says he rejoiced in the Lord. Uh, Paul has this really good uh, self-awareness where when he writes to people, he can kind of see what they might pull out of this and it might be the wrong idea. So he is always qualifying what he says. So when he says, I rejoice in the Lord that you have revived your concern for me, he, you know, they gave him a gift. Um, he says, not that I'm speaking of being in need. So that's, that's the heart of this. He, he wants them to know that I don't do this for the paycheck. I'm not doing this for the gift that you've given me. And while I appreciate it and I'm thankful for it, that's not what brings me joy. Christ is the source of his joy. Uh, if we look uh, in the same book, uh, chapter three, verses eight to 11, I wanna read. This is still Paul writing, just a little bit before this. In verse eight, he says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This is the gospel. That's what we're just taking communion about. I mean, nothing in Paul's life can compare to Jesus, to knowing Jesus. No amount of money can compare to the endless worth of knowing Jesus. No horrific situation that Paul's been placed in could detract from knowing Jesus. Uh, and if you know anything about Paul, you know that he's been in a lot of bad situations. Uh, did you know that Paul was uh, adrift at sea for a night and a day? Can you just imagine that for a second? Uh, you've probably been out on a boat on the ocean, maybe deep sea fishing or something. Uh, and just imagine going out to sea, losing GPS signal, uh, the, the motor turns off. You probably don't have much water, maybe for a day. Uh, food for a little, for a couple hours, maybe some snacks. And then you're just out there. No hope. You can't see land. That makes me a little bit just, just shaky thinking about that. But Paul has found the secret to being content, knowing that he could die anytime. For him to die was gain, because it meant being in the presence of Christ. This is the secret. Are you content with the circumstances of your life today? Do you want to be like Paul? Content no matter what? Wherever you are in the spectrum of plenty or hunger, abundance and need, we all fall somewhere in there. Do you have contentment? Uh, there's a lot of situations you could look at with this view. Uh, maybe you're single. Uh, maybe you're looking for a spouse, a husband, a wife. Uh, I've known a lot of people who just, it just burns them up. They want someone. Uh, Christians. Uh, 
How does, what is that taking away from the work that you can do? Uh, this feeling of, of discontent. If God would just give me a spouse, I could move on from this desire for a spouse. And I could help bring forth this kingdom. Maybe you're married. Maybe your marriage is not what you thought. Maybe, you thought, maybe marriage is not what you thought. Is this causing you to grumble? Is this causing you to, to not do what God has called you to do? Some of you are sick. Some of you may not have great health. Um, this can be physically, or mentally, and spiritually crushing. All of you have known someone who's had cancer or been in an accident. It's really hard. I mean, the body is what you know, it's what you have. You live with it every single day, and when it's breaking down on you, as you're getting older, uh, you think, it's, it can be depressing. It can be really difficult. Uh, this whole series has been focused on our thoughts and controlling our thoughts and meditating on the right things. And it applies here. I want to give you some things to dwell on if you find yourself in these circumstances. Uh, some action to take if you're feeling these things. For those who love God, all things work together for their good. Romans 8.28 Whatever situation you are in, know this is what God has for you. This is his plan for you. It is for your good and it is for his glory. Think about this. Dwell on it, meditate on it, pray on it. It's important. Your situation might be expanding the gospel and you might not even know it. Your sickness, your, your lack of money, whatever it might be, a lot of times we might not see our fruit until, until the next stage. Remember that. Dwell on the fact that Christ is more desirable than anything this world has to offer. And that's really the main point of this. Your health, uh, maybe you don't have money, maybe your marriage isn't going well. Christ is more desirable than anything. If you're being brought low, consider the thing that would bring you out of it. Maybe it's more money, maybe it's a spouse, and compare it to Christ. Pray to him with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to him. Uh, Doug just preached on this a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's okay to be brought low and to ask to be brought up uh, with thanksgiving. Give him thanks for what he's done at you. Give him thanks for the death on the cross that he's done. And then let your requests be made known to him. Rest in the fellowship of Christ that whether the present circumstance leads to life or death, you are content. I think we could all do good being a little more aware of how, how quick we could die and how out of nowhere we can die. And if you live with the mindset that when I die, I'm gonna see Jesus. And if you focus on that, it's gonna be a little bit easier to be content among other circumstances. It's about, it's been about a year since I, uh, I lost my job, um, about last, last July. Uh, so a lot of you don't know, may not know this, but I moved to Colorado Springs from West Virginia for this job. Uh, and it was the last day of, 
uh, my wife and I's vacation, and I get a phone call, and they say, hey, we're closing the Springs office. Your job is going to dissolve. Um, it's great, great end of the vacation. <laughs> uh, and after studying this passage, I look back on that time, and I realize my attitude did not reflect this. My attitude was, okay, that's fine. It's all right. God is going to give me another job. I'm sure he's going to provide for me. And that's not wrong. It's not wrong to know that God is going to provide for us. But I wasn't content with knowing Christ. I was content thinking God is going to restore my paycheck. If it takes a couple months, so be it. But he's going to give me a good job. He's going to restore everything that I have paycheck-wise. But that's not the idea here. It's okay to, to rest in his promises that he'll provide for you, food, shelter. But it's the idea of being content even if he doesn't. Uh, he did give me a job, if you're wondering. <laughs> I have a job now. I'm employed. Thank God. And, but I look back at the time and I wonder how I would have felt if uh, I had to sell my car to get through the time. If I had to sell my house. We just bought a house a year before that. What if I had to go back to an apartment? What if I had to move? Is it expensive to live here? Would I have been content? I should have been dwelling on the gift I'd already been given, which is Jesus. And I don't want you to take this to mean it's okay to be content uh, to be mediocre, to do just okay at my job, uh, to not want to grow, to not want to find a spouse, to not want to make your marriage better. It's okay to work hard, to be diligent, take initiative. Uh, don't be complacent just because, oh, if I work hard, that means I'm not being content. It's okay to work hard. Working hard is biblical. We should do that. You should find marriage counseling, Christian marriage counseling, if your marriage isn't what you want. Pray for a spouse. Pray that God would heal you. Those are all biblical things but rest knowing that he may say no, and that's okay. That's what this contentment is about. Now there's a flip side to this idea of being content even in the low lights of your life. What about contentment and plenty? What if you have everything you need? The world would say there's no secret to being content when you have everything. You have a job, you have plenty of money, uh, you drive the car that you always wanted. Your marriage is great. You have all the friends you'd ever want. The world would say, you're happy. You're content. That's the secret. That's everything you need. But Paul says, no. There is a secret to happiness even when you have everything the world has to offer. And I would argue it's even harder to be content knowing Jesus when you have everything. We all know the pitfalls of wealth, and I hope we all know deep down that money, cars, objects, relationships, they don't bring you long-lasting joy. Now, a content person can be wealthy, but being wealthy does not make you a content person. That's, that's what we should take from this. Now, we need to learn to be content even in excess. We've all seen the celebrities, the athletes, the rich, uh, I've listened to some podcasts from them, and they're all searching for happiness. 
the money has not delivered it to them, the fame, the success. They're all still looking to be happy. And we've seen this all, and you've probably seen it just as much as I have. So how can we still have plenty and find contentment when we've been given abundance? It's the same thing. This is going to take practice. This is going to take focused thoughts. Praying, asking. And it will help us to remember a few things. First, everything that we have in abundance is given to us. You think, well, I've worked really hard. I've done really well in my career. And you have, I'm sure. But it's, been, it's still given to you. God's still chosen you to have this. Thank him for it. It's not because of you. You know, you win the lottery by, by being born in America, basically. And uh, compared to Paul, we're probably never going to be as poor or know what it's like to be as hungry as he was or any of these things. Give him thanks for it. Consciously dwell on the all-satisfying value of Christ. It's the same in, contentment, or in abundance or lack thereof. Consciously dwell on what he's done, what he is, what he's done for us. Count your abundance as rubbish compared to him. Now, it's not rubbish. You know, it's, it's good that you have it. It's good that you've been given it. But compared to Jesus, compared to knowing him, comparing to being in relationship with him, it is rubbish. Dwell on that. And you should enjoy the abundance as a gift from God, but rest fully in Christ, knowing that if the abundance is taken away, the contentment would remain. Uh, if you are in a season of abundance, give him thanks that he's put you in the season. It may not last, but know that even if he takes it away, or pray that even if he takes it away, your contentment would remain. Do you count everything as loss? Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus? Your money, your home, your spouse, your children, your health? If you lost it all tomorrow, would you still have joy? And I ask myself this as I'm learning this passage, if I lost my spouse tomorrow? It's a good question to reflect on. Or whatever is most important to you. For me, after loving God, I probably love my spouse the most. So whatever that is, if you lost it, would you still have joy? And I want you to know it's okay <laughs> if you haven't learned to be content, no matter the circumstance, if you're not there yet. Paul says here in, in the verse that he learned the secret. That implies that it took time. Uh, he's been through a lot, and he learned the secret through his life. Now here he's learned it, but I want, that, I want you to apply that to yourself. If you, if you haven't learned today, that's when you can take the things that I've given and kind of apply them to your life and work on learning the secret. He didn't just start following Jesus and then immediately become content in every circumstance. Like I said before, Paul has been through a lot. He's had many opportunities to learn and to learn what it means to be content. 
And I think another reason that this came easy for Paul, maybe not easy, but it happened. <laughs> Paul knew what he deserved. Paul was very aware of the punishment he deserved. He was killing Christians. Think about that today. Christians are getting killed today. He was doing that. He was persecuting them. And it would have been perfectly just for God to just wipe him out, show him no mercy. And Paul knows that. And Paul applies that to his life and says, I know what I deserve and I know what I've been given. How can I not be content? I'm sure many of you know uh, Anne Brown. If you don't, she's the wife of, uh, of Dwight Brown. Um, he's an elder of the church, and, and Anne is a much-loved member uh, of the church. And she was diagnosed with cancer a while back. Uh, and not long after that, she had chemotherapy, you know. This is the natural progression, chemotherapy. She just finished radiation. Um, and thankfully, I've seen her a handful of times on Zoom calls, video calls, small group, things like that. And it's just been a blessing to see, you know, her, she's lost her hair. She's weak physically, but she has not lost her vision for Christ. She's still holding on to Jesus. She's even used her cancer to further the gospel. Now, Dwight and Anne, they've both been exposed to patients, other cancer patients, doctors, nurses, hospital staff. And if you know them, you know that they've all heard about Jesus while they've been there. That's just the couple they are. And it's just, so you take this circumstance, Anne has cancer, and you apply to work, like, people who have heard the gospel because of it. So that's what I mean. We need to apply these circumstances to ourselves. Romans 8, 28. What is God doing through you by bringing you low? And Anne is content with the fact that cancer could take her life. She could die. But for her, to die is gain because the moment that she passes, she'll be in the presence of her savior, Jesus. This is the secret that Paul has learned. This is the secret that has made him capable of contentment and plenty and hunger and abundance and need. He's able to find contentment, even joy, amidst hunger, Flogging, being stoned, shipwrecked. Think about, think about being on that boat, being in the ocean. Okay, there's land. Sweet, we're gonna be okay. And then your boat just crashes onto the land and there's nobody there. <laughs> no more water, no more food. It doesn't really improve your situation. But even for Paul, being killed for the sake of Jesus, having his head removed. 
is okay with him. And this isn't because of sheer willpower. Uh, Anne is not able to be content because of her will, her strong will. This is a miraculous work that Jesus is doing through you. That's verse 13. I can do all these things through him who strengthens me. I'm going to do you a favor. This is a pretty quick message. So I'm going to go ahead and ask the music team to come up. Uh, I just want to leave you with a quote from Jeremiah Burroughs. Uh, he's the author of A Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. He says, It is but one side of a Christian to endeavor to do what pleases God. You must as well endeavor to be pleased with what God does. So if you'll pray with me, close this. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for this body to come and listen and learn and desire to hear your word and to learn your word. Thank you for the, the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians. Thank you for this uh, writing about contentment, how to be content, what the secret to contentment is. Lord, let us desire that. Let us desire to be content no matter where you've put us, whether we have nothing or whether we have everything. Let us find our contentment in Jesus, in his death, in his resurrection. In your name we pray.